You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good! We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown! Taysom Hill! Taysom TD! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! We are Inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak here on a special Derek Carr announcement edition. It has finally happened. Uh, We don't even need a huge rundown of what we're going to be getting into, Jeff, because it's going to be reactions of Derek Carr the numbers going into it and then you know one week from today we get in the legal tampering period for free agency things are definitely it's always saint season no matter what's going on yeah you say special edition this is just our normal edition uh to be clear i guess it's official with Derek now yeah the nice thing is they happen to do this at a very convenient time (laughs) for our normal podcast schedule because i was thinking that it might not happen I was dreading recording the entire episode and then like right after we were done, the, the, the Derek Carr contract comes in. Of course. Cause right. I didn't believe for a second, the whole jets thing. We can get into that more, but that yeah. was so clearly just uh, like last second gamesmanship from somebody <laughs> there. But yeah, so we're going to talk about Derek Carr. He signed today. We get, we have the numbers on that contract. So we're going to get into that in the second segment, but first things first, I wanted to kind of get into just the reaction of, you know, both you and myself and then a few others who we have some audio from, because this is a big deal. Like this is a, you know, it's the Saints sign free agents all the time, but it's very infrequent that you see a team sign a legitimate quarterback, a quarterback that you intend to start, right? Like there's not going to be any position battle. This is the guy that we are signing and we are paying starting quarterback money to come in. Right. The Saints didn't do that with Jameis. Saints didn't do that with Andy. They did do it with Drew. And so that's kind of what you have to compare it to. And like it doesn't happen very often. Like if you're looking for an example around the NFL of like that happening, probably Kirk Cousins, right, is the only realistic recent example. Like you can look at Orion Tannehill, but he didn't get signed to Tennessee to start. He got signed there to back up Marcus Mariota and then took over. So I mean, it just it doesn't just doesn't happen that often where a guy who multiple teams feel like is a NFL starter it's hits free agency and it's a it's a bidding war it's not a trade it is not okay maybe he's the guy he is the starter there is no question you going forward so what, what was your reaction to that 
Uh, the whole process to me, I was kind of surprised that there were only the three teams supposedly involved, Saints, Jets, and Panthers, that came to light at least. I, I don't know if there was any franchise lurking in the shadows. I thought there would definitely be a more of a market for David Carr. I consider him an above-average quarterback in this league, and the fact that they're so hard to come by and so many teams are quarterback needy, I figured there would be at least six, seven teams involved and get you, you know what? Thankfully, I guess there wasn't for the Saints because they were able to get their guy at a, a, a fairly reasonable price looking at the market where quarterbacks are going at. Glad this is over. Glad they got their guy. I know they weren't successful last season going all in and being aggressive for Deshaun Watson. But you know what? I, I think a lot of people would agree the fallout from that. It's pro probably a good thing. And I'm just really... I guess you could say inspired by this organization to, to see them as aggressive again. And they're in that mindset for sure that they are not rebuilding. They are going for it again this year. I don't know about six or seven. I don't think there are six or seven teams that I would, you could have even put like, I think the maximum you're talking maybe four or five Washington, not getting involved was a little surprising to me. The Falcons the not getting involved. Yeah, the Colts, but they owe so much money to Carson Wentz and and Matt Ryan at this point. That Tennessee, Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, I I don't see it. I mean, you're just <laughs> you're you're naming team, but like in terms of teams that would be really interested in Derek Carr specifically, not that might need a quarterback. I think there was maybe four or five, and yeah, a couple teams could have got into it, but didn't. Either way, I think one of the things that kept this market small was it was very clear that he was not just going to go to a team that offered the most money. And I think one of the reasons he's now on the saints is that they were at the front of the line, ready to trade for him from the jump. Right. And right before he was that, released. Exactly. Yeah. I think that means something um, in this whole process. Here's what, here's what NFL networks, Brian Baldinger had to say on the signing. He's never in nine years with the Raiders. I don't think played with the defense, anything like what the saints bring to the table. I mean, even in the, a disappointing season last year where they were 7-10, and 10, they did not allow more than 20 points in any of their last eight games. I mean, Derek Carr would love to play on a team that could keep the score down like that. And then if you add Kamara, I think a, a young offense line with Penny, Cesar Ruiz, Eric McCoy, Ramchek is still a very, very good player. I mean, he's got a good offensive line, he's got talent around him, and he's got a defense, and he knows the head coach, right? And Dennis Allen. He's familiar with his style. And look, I mean, Dennis Allen was fired four games into his rookie season. But still, he was there for the offseason, a training camp. He understands his style. So I think there's less uh, question marks about New Orleans than any other targets that have been talked about. Jeff, I yeah, forgot I to ask you at the beginning of this, is the 2014 Raiders reunion complete? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all the names that you could have feasibly seen come in have arrived. Obviously, you have... Marcus Robertson, who was out there. You have Joe Woods, who was out there. You have Dennis Allen as the head coach. And you have David Carr, Derek Carr. I keep doing that. Derek Carr as the quarterback. I don't know what was going on with the music there with Brian. It's like they were trying to play him out or something. It was definitely a little too overmodulated, right? Turn it down a bit. Well, it's like, let, let the man talk, NFL <laughs> Network. Jeez. Um, but yeah, so the, I, I did think that was an interesting comment because – you know, one of the things that I saw as I was kind of reacting to all this was a stat that was tweeted to me in that it said Derek Carr in games where the Raiders allowed the other team to score 
19 or fewer points. It was 12 and nine in those games. And that was a very bad winning percentage relative to basically every other quarterback. And so I decided to look into it. And first things first, 19 points is an irrelevant number. I don't know why it would be set at 19 unless you were trying to, you, you found that, oh, maybe 20, it doesn't make them quite look as bad. So we're going to say 19 as if that's different, but like it doesn't really change anything. And I went through all of Derek Carr's games and he's 10 and five in games where his defense allows exactly 20 points. So it's almost as if something, there's some gamesmanship going on there in the numbers. And there definitely is. And you should always consider that when you're looking at stats like this. But I also went through and I looked at everything. And so he is actually 15 and nine in games where his defense allows 19 or fewer points. And so for one thing, that stat was incorrect. So if you're just sharing a screenshot with a stat on it, keep in mind, might not be right, which in this case, it's not. Even then, 15 and nine, not a great winning percentage in in low scoring games, but it's still not 12 and nine. And if you add 20 points, which I would argue you should, because the way NFL scores happen, touchdowns count for seven. So if you if your defense is holding someone to 20 points, there's an easy path to you getting 21, right? So like you could actually make an argument for 20 or fewer, in which case his record would be 25 and 14. That's not that bad, is it? Like <laughs> so so it almost seems like there's some disingenuous things going on with numbers, and that does happen a lot. But like to me, that's not even the takeaways. Oh, Derek Carr's bad in in low scoring games because if you look at it too, five of those losses came in 2014 and 2015, his first two years in the league. So it's like, oh yeah, yeah, let's draw some direct lines from what's happened in 2014 with the Raiders to what happened now. First off, his defense was better then <laughs> because if you look at this, one thing that stands out is it's insane that in nine years in the NFL. He's only played in 24 games where his defense held a team to fewer than three touchdowns. Yeah, right. It's like, say that again. <laughs> yeah. That's like, crazy. think about that. Think about that. That's crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> you play 16 games a season for a majority of these. We've played 17 in the last two. That is a heck of a lot of games to not have your defense dominate in any, in, in more than two games a season. It's about an average of two games a season where he's got where he got a above average contribution from his defense. <laughs> so like, I don't know. It's Shoot, such, I, Carr, I hate I hate arguments like that. Cars looking at last year's Saints defense and going, "Gimme, gimme, please." Well, right. <laughs> and so like, you can say, "Oh, the takeaway here is that he's not good in low-scoring games." And it's like, to me the takeaway is he hasn't played in a lot of low-scoring games <laughs> because he hasn't had the luxury of playing in low-scoring games. <laughs> and then my also the other takeaway is that if you want to look at the more realistic takeaway from this, it's that, okay, what about the last five years? Wouldn't that be a reasonable number to look at, considering you're not getting 22-year-old Derek Carr? Let's see. So going back to 2018, mm -hmm. he, is, he was 1-0 in 2018, 3-1 in 2019, 2-0 in 2020, 3-1 in 2021, and 1-2 this past season, where things went so badly that he's no longer on the team, right? So... Sure, he probably did play badly last year. He got cut. <laughs> so if you look at 2018 through 2021, let's see, six, seven, he's nine and two in those games. It's a pretty good winning percentage. So anyway, that's just my long-winded 
takedown of this stat that no one else cares about. But I just like it, it's you see stuff like this all the time, and it's like there's a reason that you can't take everything at face value because there is context there. Yeah, I think uh, it's like you say you can make the stats pretty much look or tell the story you wanted to tell. I think it's pretty funny with folks last year, for whatever reason, it was Derek Carr's suddenly his fault that the Raiders faltered yet the year before he single handedly, you know, put them on their back and brought them to the playoffs. You were here. And so it's like, wait a minute, which take you going to go with here with threats to our nation waiting around every corner. Adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, and I think one thing that a lot of people forget is, so he had a different coach in 2020 and 2021. And whatever you think about John Gruden, his system is is very similar to what the Saints run. And it is not very similar to what Josh McDaniels runs, right? And so if you want to, like, I think that if you're trying to draw a line from anywhere, you would draw a line from the John Gruden years when he actually did play pretty well. So he is in those systems that require the quarterback to do a lot and have to make decisions at the line. That's where he thrives. Josh McDaniels is the opposite. Josh McDaniels is very much, I'm going to call what I call and you're going to run it, right? It's a very rigid system and it clearly didn't work. And you could make the argument that that is a Josh McDaniels thing because I don't know how many years he has to prove he's a bad coach before you right. kind of take it. Um, and you could say this, you can make the same argument about Dennis Allen. So it's, you know, it, it, it is what it is. But at the same time, like you can't have it both ways, right? But, you, but, <laughs> but at least Dennis Allen's been proven, I guess you could say, in his specialty of defense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like the Saints defense was fine last year. It could have been better, but yeah, I, like it's not like the off right. the defense is what let this team down over the the final six games of the season. Like the defense didn't allow seventeen. If you want to talk about records and games where your defense held the opponent to fewer than twenty points, week thirteen against the Bucks, right? Like that was a game that you know, all you needed was eighteen points, and you ended up with sixteen. Um, and so yeah, it's. It is something, but I, I like the, I like the signing again. I think I mentioned this. There was kind of that late night report about the jets being the front runner. And like, uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that the next morning, the saints are suddenly the front runner. And I think that was kind of a last minute kind of Olay to get the saints to pony up a couple extra mil or something. Yeah, he, was, he was leading New York. Suddenly the next morning he was having beignets with new Orleans. Yeah, and and I think that was always going to be the case. I think it's telling that he ended up with 37.5 annually and the quote-unquote target that was reported was 35. And I wonder if maybe 35 was where they landed, but he wanted a little more or the agent wanted a little more more like, and that's where he ended up. But, you know, we're all here and the Saints got their guy as as they tweeted out. And I think that's a good way to describe it because when you look at this whole process, and it's similar to what happened last year in that like, the Saints were laser focused on Derek Carr. Last year they were laser focused on Deshaun Watson. They didn't land him. And then it was kind of like, oh, what are we going to do? Right? right? Like they signed Jameis Winston. They clearly didn't want Jameis Winston based on how everything went. How the season played out, too, is pretty clear. Ouch. Exactly. <laughs> they signed Andy Dalton as the backup. And then they were like, you know what? 
we're going to go with Andy. And it's like, that couldn't have been the plan. So like the same thing, you, you would have run into a similar situation this year if you didn't get Derek Carr, because I don't think they, I don't think they went very far down the road of like, what if we don't get him? What are we going to do? I don't think that they spent a whole lot of time thinking about that. Yeah. I mean, to me, we, and we've talked about it, obviously on, on the previous episodes, when you look at just some of the other options out there at quarterback that were realistically gettable. I'm not talking about obviously a, a huge all in franchise, you know, changing trade of a guy like Lamar Jackson, but someone that is on the open market and available there. You look after Derek Carr, what are, what are you going to do? You're going to go Jimmy Garoppolo. Really? I mean, to me, there were, there were issues obviously there with, with injury concerns and just all of the other warts that seem to be, on these other quarterback choices for you. And and then you you look at a, a rookie. Dennis, Dennis Allen can't afford to start a rookie quarterback year one. He's, he's, he's trying to, you know, year two, I mean. He's trying to hold on to this job. And I think it was pretty clear that a veteran was always the goal for this team. I'm just glad they got the better of what was available because I was really going to be miserable if they missed out on him. And suddenly we're talking week one about Baker Mayfield starting. That to me is misery. This team was tired of being in QB purgatory, so they went out and they got the top quarterback on the market. And we're going to talk about more about how much they actually did pay and what the contract is in the next segment. But they wanted Derek Carr. They went and got Derek Carr. And if you want to look at Dennis Allen and say, okay, you've got everything you wanted this offseason. There are no excuses left. I mean, you got your defensive coordinator. You handpicked him. You know, you got all of these guys, your the coaches, the assistant coaches, the the veteran tight ends coach, right? The, uh, you know, I would say a pretty high profile offensive line assistant in Kevin Carberry, right? Like you got everything that you could have wanted. You got your quarterback that you handpicked back in 2014 and you handpicked him again this year. Put up or shut up this season, in my opinion. Like if you can't find a way to win the NFC South, this NFC South, uh, then I think we've, I think the writing is on the wall in that respect. And that's the only thing that scares me about this signing is what if it goes south? What if all of the indications that we think are there from the John Gruden seasons are in reality this past season was the falling off a cliff of a 31-year-old quarterback and you're never going to get that quality winning quarterback play out of a guy who's in his 30s, right? What if you'd never get that? And then you're locked into a $150 million contract over four years. Like that's that's what I'm concerned about because you look at what the situation the Raiders were in this offseason. If things go a certain way, that could be the Saints. Yeah, and obviously, you know, they dealt with some injuries like everybody else in the league. I know Darren Waller missed a good chunk of time, yeah. which obviously hurt that offense. Uh, Hunter Renfro. So, you know, Carr didn't have all those pieces available to him. Devontae Adams had a heck of a season, though, for the Raiders, I'll say. I I'm anxious to see, obviously, now what else – happens here down the line the trickle down effect of how is this going to affect free agency the draft do we think the saints still go after a quarterback i i don't think a first round pick was ever really coming into play maybe if that buzz around hendon hooker pushed him up that high kind of deal but i still always felt that if anything they would take him round two if really pressed but, yeah, I don't know if you, you're going to bring in a young quarterback now or trying to maximize those early assets for surrounding Derek Carr with, obviously, 
as many weapons as you can for him. Uh, speaking of Waller, it'd be sure nice to have a big tight end for for Carr to throw to. Yeah, I think there's there's some interesting options you're going to have in the draft now that this is set. And like, yeah, for sure. I think this changes your mock draft entirely, right? And that's why Absolutely. early mock drafts are a joke because because this is complete. This is a paradigm shift for what this offense is going to be looking for. I still think you should be looking at quarterbacks. I really do, you know, but not in round two, probably not in round three. Right. But yeah. If a guy like Hendon Hooker drops to round four, which I think is a realistic possibility. Not, you know, it's like similar to Malik Willis last year. Like once every, every team, in the NFL passes on you once passes on you twice, there's a chance they pass on you a third time. Right. And you know, maybe that's where you can, you can land them just like the Saints got Ian book in the fourth round. You know, I think it's a good, good place to find a developmental tight end like or quarterback yeah. like that. Yeah. Obviously t- we're still waiting on tons of information about his medicals, but I just worry about, his stock rising solely on the fact that his interviews and, you know, interactions with the media are so good that I'm sure he's killing it in these one-on-one interviews as an impressive leader for a future organization kind of deal. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know about that, but like, I think that might make you, if, if you're between one guy and another guy, that might be the reason you lean toward him. It's not going to move. It's not going to like raise your stock, right? Like you're not going to end up one round higher because, a team thought like, oh man, I really liked how he commanded that room. And I think it's going to scare a lot of teams off. They don't get to see him work out. And yeah, like, I don't think he's going to get the Jalen Hurts treatment, right? Like, I don't think a team like the Eagles is going to take him in the second round as a flyer. Um, But maybe they do, right? Maybe the Saints take him in the third. I'd be okay with that. Because again, like, I like the idea of having a young quarterback in there. And also, like, you don't really have a backup quarterback on the roster anymore. We're gonna to, we're gonna talk about that in a, a later segment of some of the options there. But yeah, like it would be nice if you could get a backup quarterback on a rookie contract. You know, there's still a lot of questions. If do you bring a guy like you know Andy Dalton back into this mix as well with Carr kind of thing? Yeah, we're gonna talk about that more. Uh, let's wrap up this segment. We're gonna come back. We're gonna talk some numbers. Because that's always the bigger question. Yeah, because Derek's going to get a lot of them. He's going to get a lot of numbers. I'm talking about dollar signs. Keep it locked on Inside Black and Gold. 